I always say know your why. Uh, you really need to know why you want to enter because people can tell you enter because you're beautiful, um, enter because you remind them of a Miss SA 20 something. But if you personally don't know why you're entering, it's going to get tough because it is a very tough environment, especially when you become a finalist. You know, you're surrounded by very strong women who know their values, who know what they want. And it's so easy to lose yourself in that. So you need to be, to be self-aware, but also to know why you're entering. Hello and welcome to the Lead EV podcast. I'm your host, Lennox Wasara. We're really in our third season. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, if you're listening for the very first time in season one and two, we focused mostly on conversations around leadership mm-hmm. and then we've moved on to focus on conversations around success. And this season, we'll hear more stories from our inspiring alumni about growth and progress as uh, also keeping in mind that UP is probably the only institution to have had three winners of Miss South Africa. Uh, in 2020, the crown went to Shudifadza Musida, and in 2021, the crown went to Lalilam Swai. And our reigning queen, Davina Kerry, captured our hearts and minds as she graciously became Miss South Africa 2022. It was a magical time for her. During her time at Tux, she completed a Bachelor of Commerce from our Economic and Management Faculty, and uh, in particular, BCom in Investment Management, which was uh, an incredible feat for her to graduate and also to be crowned Miss South Africa in the same year. And uh, yeah, if you're familiar with her advocacy, she is all about education empowerment. Now I give it up for the intelligent, the beautiful, and <laughs> the fabulous. Uh, Davin, okay. I wish if I had a crowd, yeah, I would be like making a bit of a noise. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. That's such a beautiful introduction. Thank you. You're so kind. I was actually wondering, like this morning I got up and I was like, looking at the mirror, and I was like, I don't know, do you get up and you're like, Ooh, thank you, God. <laughs> for? You know, everything blessing me with everything yeah absolutely hey i'm always like so grateful and i'm intentional about like gratitude yeah. every morning because we can get so busy with what's going on and never take a step back to appreciate what we actually have so i actually do do that intentionally every morning thank god for all the blessings all the talents yeah yeah i think uh, i was speaking to a few people the other time and i realized that there's a lot of people who actually want to come study the university of Victoria because of you they're like yeah well, she was there <laughs> I also want to be there. So yeah. uh, people don't want to miss out on the success, I guess. But what led you to actually come to study at Tux? So for me, it was kind of just following in my sister's footsteps. So my sister did study here at the University of Pretoria, but she found that what the course she was doing wasn't necessarily for her. But it was enough for me to also feel the pull or like this level of loyalty towards the university. So that's when I wanted to also go and follow in her footsteps and study here at the University of Pretoria. But initially, I wanted to do a become in economics. Um, I don't yeah. know if you know, but my mathematics marks were not where they were supposed to be, and I knew. So I. I went around because I really was so passionate, you know, since like a very young age. And I eventually found that they have the extended program. And so I applied for that and I ended up following my journey and went into investments through that. So I was so grateful that, you know, the university didn't block me out, that there was actually another opportunity for me to still pursue my dream. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think at the time you had to go to Mamalodi campus for the yeah. classes. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it is. It was such a big adjustment having to, you know, travel so far every morning. I really had to have more discipline to be able to wake up, you know, catch the bus. But also, I think the Mamalodi campus really helps you to build community because um, I realized that there, because we're not so many students, yeah. we all kind of just build 
build that relationship that's ever lasting. I still have friends that I made on the Mamelodi campus till this day. I, I don't really watch a lot of movies. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of TV. Me too. But you don't watch TV as well? <laughs> Not so much. Not so much. But then I realized there was the perfect time for you to watch TV mm. back in 2018 when you're actually, your friends gathered mm. around. Yeah. And you're like, hey, what are they watching? They're actually yeah. watching in South Africa. Right. And there on you decided, hey, let me actually... Uh, you know, compete and get on with this. Mm. Uh, take us through how you actually managed to stay true to your decision in that moment. Yeah. Watching Miss South Africa and saying, okay, I want to do this. No, the fact that we're saying that we don't watch so much TV, it's so true because it was at a commune. So I found them watching TV and decided, <laughs> okay, let me just join what they're doing. Yeah. And they just happened to be watching Miss South Africa. And there was just something so beautiful, um, you know, seeing these women who aren't only beautiful, but they're intelligent. You know, Tamron Green, who was Miss South Africa 2018 at the time, was studying towards medicine. So for me, that was like a, a limitation-breaking moment where I saw that you don't have to be one thing. So I think that's also what really drew me to the platform. And on the other side, it was what they were doing with the platform, you know, giving back to the community. Because naturally, I've always had a heart of generosity. So that also really pulled me towards that. But it took a while because the fact that yeah. I only entered in 2022, a lot of people always tell me you need to enter you need to enter but I always found that it needed to come from my own heart it, I didn't want to enter from a place of people telling me to do it but from me understanding why I want to do it um, and so I decided in 2020 that yeah. 2022 was going to be the year so I started doing everything that would align me with um, entering and hopefully winning the crown and that's what happened yeah very strategic in your moves that's I know one of the cool things about you know most of africa is that you end up to compete on the global stage mm. not so long ago you were at miss universe did incredibly well thank you finished top 16 yeah i mean shout out to that uh if i had a horn i'd have gone but uh but that's really impressive and i mean now that you've had time to reflect let's just say the dust settle yeah what is that lesson for you from that whole experience I think for me, the biggest thing that I learned through the Miss Universe journey, because obviously when you go in, you go in with the mindset of wanting to win. And I think we can make that mistake of focusing so much on the, the end goal that we miss out on every other opportunity that actually comes with the journey. So what I really learned through that was focusing on the journey and everything else that was gained on the way to the end goal. Because when we all go for a certain goal, there's something you're supposed to gain from it. It might not necessarily be the crown for you, but everybody gains something. And so for me, it was really looking back and seeing what I did gain throughout the journey besides the crown, because that's what really matters. And yeah, so I think it's so important for me to now with every journey going ahead, looking at the little things that the little opportunities that I can see that open other doors for me besides the official end goal which in that case was the crown a build up of the accumulation of the small things make the big things exactly why do you think that we don't always appreciate the small things i think firstly it's because we call them the small things oh, yeah. you know, it's it's so important how we word things because a lot of times we do say oh it's the little things that you pick up along the journey but it's if you look at wanting to make change in your life, it's the daily habits that will give you the big change, you know? Definitely. So I think it's because in our minds, that's how we see things. It's always reaching for the big thing. Um, so we make everything else seem so small. So I think it needs to, we need to have that mind switch of appreciating every little day and every little step of the journey. Even I have to correct myself, every step of the journey, yeah. not little step of the journey, so that we can actually uh, fully take out everything from all the opportunities that come our way. 
It reminded me of, I saw a video the other time on social media. I think the guy was speaking to people, well, motivational speaker, I think. Yeah. And he was just like, you know, if you want to change the world, just got to get up in the morning and make your bed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> can't like do the big things if you can't do the small things. Exactly. And that teaches you discipline. What I've realized is that it's the little things that will teach you, the daily things that will teach you the discipline that you need to do the big things. And some of the daily things that one would have to do is make decisions. And probably somebody listening now might want to make a decision one point to run for Miss Essay at some point. <laughs> and entries are actually open now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great time to actually, you know, consider that. But when you think of people who are in that stage right now, considering running, mm. what is that number one tip that you might have for them? I always say know your why. Uh, you really need to know why you want to enter because people can tell you enter because you're beautiful, enter because you remind them of a Miss Essay 20 something. But if you personally don't know why you're entering, it's going to get tough because it is a very tough environment, especially when you become a finalist. You know, mm. you're surrounded by very strong women who know their values, who know what they want. And it's so easy to lose yourself in that. So you need to be, to be self-aware, but also to know why you're entering. For instance, for myself, it was to be able to give back to my community. So even on the days that were really hard and, you know, yeah. I started questioning myself, doubting myself, I would remember all the little girls that I want to do this for because I come from a, a rural background. So I wanted them to see me and to be inspired through my journey. So that would keep me going, reminding myself that, hey, it's not just about you. It's about every other person that can be impacted through your journey. Yeah, I like the fact that you say it's just not all about you because mm. I think we live in a time where, you know, a lot of people consumed on social media yeah. and social media kind of makes you focus so much on the me, 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 yeah, uh, me, myself and I, yeah. some people say. What would you say would allow people to sort of like break out of that little pattern? Because I think we fall into it subconsciously. It's so funny because even the selfie is called yeah. like selfie. It's yeah. called a selfie. Like it just shows you how much it's self-focused. But I think it's really important to just switch off your phone actually and look at what's happening in the real world a lot of times when i also get myself caught up in that you know roller coaster of me 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 i literally just look around when i drive around seeing the people on the streets it's the basic things that i see daily that remind me that this is not just about you and everything that's happening around you will eventually affect you when i see the news i realize that it's actually because of everything that we are doing that the situation is what it is so it's those kind of things that remind me and trigger me but also my parents I was raised by parents who are very generous I watched them give the little that they have you know to to just try impact someone else's life so every time I have a conversation with my parents it centers me and reminds me of where I come from and when I start to appreciate that and seeing how many people invested in me I'm able to remember that I also need to pay it forward as they say very cool I mean you spoke about moments ago about knowing your why yeah perhaps somebody would be like well my why might be to get a new mercedes-benz that's what you know you get as this essay, i mean that is nice you know a big big payout yeah million rand right yeah um also like a beautiful waterfall apartment and waterfall upmarket and also i think at the time you also left your day job I did. um and such and, a brave girl yeah yeah bravery <laughs> bravery at heart um but what i'm really saying is that you went you know, there's a lot of changes that come with being in South Africa and there's a lot of transitions that you go through. Yeah. What is most exciting about the changes? 
Sure. I think for me, it was very personal, firstly, with the transition, because as you said, I had a, a day job and I always felt limited in my day job because from a personality spec, I am someone who really likes to be spontaneous. I'm someone who really likes to, to do a lot of things at the same time. And even through my university journey, people would always ask me, when do you study? Because I'm doing modeling, but I'm also a student. But I needed that for me to thrive. I'm someone who thrives off of balancing different things and feeding the different aspects of my life. Because if I'm doing good in the one area, it gives me confidence to do better in another area. But for me, that's what I realized, that yeah. in, the, in the workspace, I'm forced to just focus on one area. And I felt like that was consuming me as a person. So the transition was exciting because with Miss South Africa, every single day looks different. And that's what I love about it. I love that I get to see different aspects of myself and also the growth that you experience because I'm someone who was very shy when I was growing up but this platform forces you to always you know raise your voice and speak on the things that you believe in and having impactful conversations so I think the fact that it always puts me in a position to challenge myself and to feed into every aspect of my life is what I love about the transition. And overcoming those challenges kind of leads you to grow it really forces you to grow. Absolutely. Walking this once in a lifetime journey for you what ways have you seen yourself grow in your character? Uh, is there any like, sometimes, you know, it's not so visible, so we don't yeah. always realize it at the time. True. But you don't look back and you say, wow, wow. I'm, a, I'm a legend now. <laughs> <laughs> legend, <laughs> thank you. Um, like you said, it's very, it's not visible. You know, the growth is really not visible from the outside because only you know how much it takes for you to do something. So similar to what I said about being someone who is very shy, I actually started. Um, Does it seem like it? I, exactly, because <laughs> it's the growth. It's yeah, the growth. <laughs> so I'd always try to put myself in leadership positions where I'd have to speak. So for instance, in high school, I would run for, you know, being SRC in high school. And I was actually deputy head girl. And that forced me to always have to address the school. So that is how I wanted to break out of that shell. And then in, in university as well, I was part of the Komarki, which is the, the executive committee of the EMS faculty. And even that forced me to step out of my shell and speak to students. So I always try to put myself in those positions that challenge me so that I can actually grow. And so through this as well, I just speak to a much larger platform. Yeah. Um, you can imagine even on the, on the final night, the arena was filled with over 7,000 people and having to face a question that you don't know which direction it's going to take you to, that takes courage. So that was the beginning of more growth for me, being able to stand and speak up and tell myself to, you know, face all my fears and do it anyway, to do it scared. Also, a big shout out to you as well for like being such a champion and a campaigner for education. Thank you. Uh, and also bridging the gaps. Yeah. Um, you know, you got your, uh, you're running your initiative now, your advocacy through uh, AG Unite. Yeah. And I think that's really incredible. I mean, tell us more about the work you've been able to do so far yeah. and what's, you know, the vision with it. I'm so excited actually with AG Unite for it to be actually born now and for me to be taking action in it because it's something I always wanted to do through high school, through university. So it's finally come alive. And the work that I do is basically being a conduit. So I try to reach out to corporates who are also passionate about, you know, bridging that educational inequality gap. Because through my background, I realized how 
big the difference is between the quality of education, the resources we have access to, the information we have access to in the villages versus in the urban areas. So for me, it's so important that, you know, all South Africans experience the same kind of education. So that's where Edunite comes in, being a conduit, connecting corporates with organizations that need and schools that need the resources. And that's what we're doing right now. But I look at it from a holistic point of view because right. I don't think education is just about the books. It's definitely about the finances, you know, for girls, menstrual hygiene, feeling safe, so gender-based violence, all those things affect the development and the education of a young student. So we've been able to donate over 600,000 rands worth of sanitary towels to schools Incredible. in the rural areas. Yeah, and keeping girls in school, you know, because that is so important. When you look at countries that want to, to diminish women, the first thing that they attack is telling them that they can't go to school because they know that there's so much power that can come from a woman going to school. And so for me, being able to do that has been incredible. We even went back to one of the schools that we had visited before. Yeah. And when we went back, they told us how they've improved from a 30% pass rate to a 70% pass rate because we were able to you know, give to them and be there. Sometimes we really undermine the power of representation and children feeling seen. And because we did that, because we went there in an area where no one ever goes, they felt seen and inspired to work harder. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. I think it's um, life-changing to actually have an idea yeah. and to see that idea through. But beyond that, to see the impact yeah. of the work that you do. Yeah. Um, so, so well done on that. And uh, thinking about education and talking about all that you're doing now, mm. if you became Minister of, of Education, what would you do to strengthen the education system in the country? Sure. That, that is such a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> like, where do we start? But I think for me, it would be important to look at the infrastructure of schools um, because it says a lot about what the educators and the government think about the importance of school to the kids. If the infrastructure is not taken care of, the message we're sending is that this doesn't really matter. So I think it, it would be important for me that as a government, we would make sure that every single school, and I mean every school, is registered and they have the proper infrastructure and resources that they need. And then a second thing that I have seen is that a lot of learners don't know the opportunities that exist for them after high school. So yeah. I think I'd make it a very important point that every school gets to maybe cooperate with a university and they find out about every single requirement because I also found out about a lot of things that I needed to have done when I got to university that I didn't know of at the time. So the requirements, what you need to achieve in high school to be able to pursue the career you want in university. But the same goes with that collaboration between the corporate space and the, and the labor force with universities so that there's an alignment with what the, the students we're creating. We need to be in alignment with where we're taking them. We can't just be making students that have nowhere to go as well. So that for me would be very important to create that alignment and synergy between high schools, universities and universities and the labor market. And then whew, there's so much that I feel like we are slacking on in the educational space because I think we focus too much on just the curriculum and what's in it. But then everything else around it is not making it easy for that information to be transported from one person to another. You speak of a very important aspect of the learning process, yeah. the wraparound support that you're yeah. speaking about. And I think that's an area that, you know, 
could improve and, and obviously understand that it's a, it's a lofty task and mm. uh, like you said collaboration uh, private sector making a lot of money and hopefully investing a bit of that and applying it back into education back to education be, be great thing. and then i mean knowing just how the journey you've walked uh, sometimes i feel like progress feels like for every two steps forward mm. kind of taking one step back yeah you know and i just wonder from your side how do you see your life progressing more so in the future because you've taken some some giant leaps over the last couple of years. And if you had asked me 10 years before if I was going to enter Miss South Africa, I wouldn't have said yes because I didn't know. And what I've realized about my life is that I am not someone who plans everything out. I think in every season of my life, when I see a need, it is a, it's an answer to what I should do next. Mm -hmm. So I love to leave the room open for what I'm going to do. But currently, I am very passionate about presenting, um, especially sports presenting as well. Oh, okay. That I think we need more women in that space. Every time you turn on the TV, it's always a man talking about... Super sport, you what listening. You understand. <laughs> so it's like, hey, we need a woman's voice. And to draw more women into that space, because I think that also informs why we have all the other inequalities with the women's pay in the sports field and stuff. So I think definitely that. And then obviously with my educational advocacy, I would love to continue with that. That for me is a long-term dream. It's a long-term goal. And it's something that I want to keep doing until we do all see the impact and the change. Yeah. We're talking about sport, what sport, what's your favorite sport? Which one would you like to present and like if you had a choice? Um, so I played netball since the moment I started walking, I can say safely. So that is something I'm passionate about. I actually still play, obviously not on a professional level, but I still play and it's something that I enjoy thoroughly. I love watching football as well. It's something my dad specifically forced yeah. me to watch football with him to the point where he'd always call me when there's a goal, like, come and see this goal. I was like, okay. <laughs> the League, which one do you guys watch? Which one do you support? My dad loves the South African football. Oh, okay. So he's a big Pirates fan and obviously uh, I am too now Pirates. because of him the buccaneers <laughs> so yeah um netball and soccer would be my top two sports but because of my high school I've always watch rugby tennis they really did make sports a big thing in high school so i enjoy how it brings people together and just that atmosphere that it creates final question to you oh my god uh, it's been a, a lovely uh, chatting i mean yeah when you think back of your journey at the university of pretoria how is this place, we, you know, broadcasting from the Future Africa campus, which is beautiful. How has this place, your journey, being in the EMS faculty, really shaped you and helped you to, to excel in the way that you've done over the years? I remember when I wanted to enter Miss South Africa in 2020, for me, what was important was having a degree before going forward. And at that point, it was just about being able to say I have a degree. Mm -hmm. um, but when I came out, I realized how educated I felt. The points that I wanted to drive through on a global platform or a national platform were also informed by the things that I had learned throughout my degree. So it was actually so much more valuable than I even imagined it would be <coughs> Sorry, for a platform like that. So even my advocacy, being able to see how I can tackle it, because I always knew what I wanted to do. But through that, through the education, I was able to see how to practically go about it. And then the community that I gained through the university, sure. Some of my closest friends, honestly, are the friends that I gained throughout the university in the leadership committees that we were in together. That network is so important and I still carry it with me till this day. So that for me is such valuable things that I still carry from the University of Pretoria. Lovey, it's been incredible to have you join us on our very first episode of season three. So thank you for joining us here on the LeadyV podcast. It's such an honor. Thank you so much for having me here. Incredible. That's uh, our Miss South Africa 2022. 
uh, Sydney sharing a lot about her passion for education and bridging the gap and also more about the future that she would love to get into sports broadcasting and exciting that she's also a Buccaneers fan, <laughs> Spa Proteus supporter through netball. But uh, that does bring us to the end of the first episode. And uh, if you would like to find out more information about the podcast, you can simply go to up.ac forward slash lead up. Whilst uh, if you would like to tune in and watch the video, it's also available on YouTube. Uh, but you can also remember to subscribe and like our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This podcast is partly brought to you by the University of Pretoria's Alumni Relations Office. Our head of content is Samantha Castle and Alna Schutz is our producer and our sound engineers and videographers are Maropa. That brings us to the end. Till we meet again, it's nothing but love and light. <laughs>